Hello and welcome to the Crossthread Off-Road Podcast, where we discuss what's happening in Minnesota with off-roading and the off-road world. I am your host, Mitch Mose. Just to remind you that this is a family affair when it comes down to having a Jeep, I brought a little special guest in and give his two cents on why he likes going off-roading. Hey gang, welcome back. I'm here with a special guest. His name is Mason. He's my little guy. How you doing, bud? I'm doing good. <laughs> uh, tell me, what's your favorite part about the Jeep? Um, mostly just hanging out with my dad. Um, I like the feeling of going down hills and getting stuck and then getting out. You like the uphill when you're like you're like really stuck like this, mm-hmm. and you're like way bit pushed back in the seat. Is that pretty fun? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You remember that one time we were with your cousins? We had Ava in the, in the Jeep. Yeah. Remember that one? Oh yeah, <laughs> we're um. Mike got stuck. When Mike got stuck, mm-hmm. tell me about that. What would you What'd you do? <laughs> well, there was um, like a big big puddle. But it was like, no, it was probably like about as tall as a, his tire, and he went. He thought he could get through it, and then he got stuck. Um, and uh, I remember one time my cousins were two of my cousins were in the car with him, and then he would like he got stuck, um, and he kept trying to get out, and like mud was going all over the place. It got all over his jeep, <laughs> and um. Then he, I can just remember, like, he walked up, and then he, like, tried to fix something, but he was kind of holding on so he wouldn't fall in the mud. <laughs> we took a bunch of pictures, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> what about after we go, what do we do when we go done, we're done jeeping with our friends? What do we do? Well, when we're in Wisconsin, we usually go to um, a brewery, and uh, we eat some burgers, and there was one time where we went to a, this one brewery and had a chalkboard in the bathroom, <laughs> and it was in Wisconsin, so... Why not just draw a Vikings logo on the chalkboard as big as I could? <laughs> <laughs> this is my artist. He can really draw. So he drew a big uh, Vikings logo right in that bar in that bathroom. They had a chalkboard in the bathroom, so we thought that'd be fun. Yeah. Cool. What about in the summertime? Do we take the top down and, and uh, doors off and go to yeah, cruise around? That's probably my, one of my favorite things where we go to Lake Harriet, and um, we just drive ar- around the lake with the top down with no uh, doors and we just play a bunch of like beach boys and stuff <laughs> that just gives me the a really big summer vibe <laughs> yeah that's what dad likes to do and brings the family with how about when i pick you up from school what do your friends think of the jeep with the doors off i don't know you don't know <laughs> one kid's like i remember you put your seatbelt on this one kid mason what are you doing <laughs> and you're like you, you think anything of it but the the other kids were like floored, but they didn't have any doors on it. <laughs> they thought that was pretty fun. Anything else to add? No, I don't think so. <laughs> All right, thanks, Mason, for jumping in. Hey, gang, welcome back here. I'm sitting here with Dustin, and he's from the Park Jeep Enthusiast Club, and I want to bring him in today to talk a bit about what they're doing at Park Jeep and how long uh, Park Jeep has been working with Jeeps. And uh, so welcome here, Dustin. Thanks for having me. So the Park Jeep Enthusiast Club, why don't you tell me a little about that? Well, we decided to start a, a Facebook page for 
customers and friends and family of Park Jeep to kind of share their experiences with their vehicles, uh, whether it be first-time buyers or repeat customers, uh, whether it be off-road adventures or, hey, we went to, did a cross-country trip, um, and then also be able to announce events that are happening at Park Jeep um, because Park Jeep has been involved in the off-road community in, in Minnesota for quite some time. Um, and you said 1950-something? I believe it's 57. I'd have to double-check on that. But it's it was the late late 50s, and it's been family-owned since then. Mm -hmm. uh, and the owners now are uh, enthusiasts. Um, they, they love to support the, the, support, the sport, and um, they also do, you know, all kinds of uh, different events throughout the year. So, so I, I got a hold of uh, Dustin because he was a part of the Park Jeep Enthusiast Club. He's he's the head guy, right? Yeah, yeah I guess guy? you could say that. Okay. So I mentioned out to him because he had a couple posts. We're going to talk about that a little later. But first, I want to paint a picture of who Dustin is. So uh, tell me, how did you get involved in off-roading from the, from the get-go? Well, I grew up in southwestern Colorado. Uh, I lived there for about the first 18 years of my life. Um, off-roading really wasn't a hobby out there. It was more a way of life um, due to the fact that, you know, living on a dirt road, living out in the country, um, you know, sometimes after school we had to plow through a foot or a foot and a half of snow just to get home to get to the plow truck to plow the driveway <laughs> kind of thing. So, so it was more a way of life. Um, and then, uh, you know, w evenings and weekends for fun, a bunch of my friends, we were, you know, four-wheelers, and then we got into trucks when we were of age, and... Uh, out there with you know the national uh, forest land out there public land you can pretty much go and do whatever you want within within reason mm -hmm. you know um, and always to you know always was taught to respect the respect the land that you're able to use so so then you were off-roading back then uh, then you can't you got the Minnesota uh, what are you doing now for work because I know it has a lot to do with off-roading yeah so I'm uh, I'm currently a technician at Park Chrysler Jeep and uh, have been since 04, uh, we'll say off and on since 04. Um, there's been a few little things in between, but all Jeep related, all off-road related. Um, and back in 04, the owner there, um, me and him got together and we revamped an off-road track that they had over the years that you know was needing maintenance and whatever else. Um, so we got that back up and running and it was real popular. Um, for customer test drives and you know people taking their uh, their vehicles down on customer appreciation days that kind of a thing so mm -hmm. and then recently um, the the area that was that off-road track also got kind of uh, revamped and now we have kind of a version two if you will mm -hmm. of that off-road track well let's talk about that we're gonna get into that wasn't gonna do it later but you're jumping right into it so that's <laughs> fine I know that's one of the big things we want to talk about today and I looked at this on Google Maps and uh, while I was talking to Dustin on the phone, and I could tell it's been built up. We brought some heavy equipment in to make a few obstacles. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So the the owner there, uh, like I said, he's a he's a huge off road Jeep enthusiast, and me and him got together and said, you know, let's let's bring the off road track back um, better than it was before. So we rented some heavy equipment, and he basically said, you know, do what you got to do and and make it fun, um, but also make it so that somebody could bring their, you know, stock vehicle down and have a great time or, you know, somebody with a highly modified vehicle, you know, could bring their vehicle down and also have a great time. 
So is this uh, four or five acres, 50 acres? Kind of give you an idea how big we're looking at. Um, realistically, the, the entire piece of the property is probably four acres, mm -hmm. right around there. So not huge, but we really kind of saw a need for someplace close to go, you know, uh, whether it be after work or on a weekend um, during a scheduled event, of course, to be able to go and try out your Jeep. Maybe you're new to the sport. Maybe you're, you know, been in, been jeeping for years and years and years. And you want to try out your new setup. Mm -hmm. You know, something that's close by, that, you know, we could have an event at a moment's notice and have a bunch of people show up without having to drive four hours. So this is really nice for us. And we're back through the power of uh, podcasting. My older son had to ask me a question, so I had to pause it for a second there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, but it also gives us a chance. And we're going to talk a lot about that trail piece. And I want to talk about uh, a bit, a couple things before that. And tell me a bit about your Jeep. He pulls up, and he's actually only the second person to show up with a running Jeep. That came here. <laughs> like they had three or four other guys show up. That their Jeeps weren't running. They were driving their dailies instead. So tell us a bit about what you drive yourself, your personal Jeep. Well, I've got a, a new JL. Uh, unlimited Rubicon. Um, it's currently running an AEV 2.5 inch um, lift uh, along with 38 inch Milestar Patagonias, uh, Mopar beadlocks, uh, worn Xeon 10S winch, um, and then also you know heavy duty tire carrier, numerous off-road lights, um, got some rock lights on there. Basically wanted to be set up for everything you know be ready for anything and you went some interesting places too so you went to not just the backyard but you went to moab right yep been to moab a couple of times um got a trip planned in uh, late april to go out there again um but uh like i said i wanted to be able to get in this thing drive it to moab have a great time for a week and drive it home mm -hmm. and you, did you do the upgrades yourself or did you do it at park jeep how'd you do that i did i did a Part of them at Park Jeep and part of them at home. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's always been a passion of mine to work on Jeeps, so it, it just comes in handy when you are when you work at the dealership and get to see them every day. <laughs> cool. So now you guys are, who are listening have a little bit of an idea of what, what he can build and what he's, what he's working with right now, uh, but also the trail itself. Now let's get back to that a little bit. So you saw my Jeep in the garage. I so I have a one TJ. Um, I'm on 31s right now, but I could probably do this trail in the backyard, right? Absolutely. We we designed it and, and laid it out so that somebody could bring uh, a Jeep brand new right off the lot with zero modifications, come down, have a great time, try it out, get familiar with their vehicle. Because um, we really believe that you know experience, even on the lowest level, is, is important um, rather than saying jumping in the vehicle and driving four hours to a you know an off-road park where you really don't know what to expect this was kind of something where we had a little bit of everything mixed in so mm -hmm. we've got we've got uh, some rocks we've got some logs we've got some um, some small hill climbs some off camber stuff um, and some you know kind of some technical stuff where you you know pick a line and and you know navigate through certain areas that type of thing so Mm -hmm. And it was, like I said, it was really something that we wanted to have a wide variety of people to be able to come to. And so you've had some events, and uh, when I was asking Dustin about a few of the events, and events I've been at, I haven't actually been there. I told him on the phone I wanted to go, but I, something else came up that the couple nights they had it, I couldn't make it. Uh, and this was months ago, or even a year ago probably. Uh, but then 
with events I do go to, there might be 50, 60, maybe 100 rigs that are at these, some of the bigger trail events that I go to. But tell me about some of the events that you've had, because you've had a little bit more than that, I'm guessing. Yeah, we've, we've had, uh, I want to say, five total events now since we started this thing back up. Um, and they, it seems to be growing each time. Um, I think our first ever event, we had 200, 250 rigs there. It was, it was outstanding. It was unbelievable. Wow. And it was a kind of a constant flow. It wasn't everybody all at once. Um, we tried to plan it so that, you know, the majority of people could come. We know people's weekends are full with other things and sports and kids stuff and whatever else. So we decided to try it, try it on a, a weeknight, mm-hmm. um, something, something where people don't have plans, you know, on a Monday night, uh, you typically don't have hockey games and you typically not going up to the cabin or whatever else. So mm-hmm. we tried to try to do it a little different schedule wise, mm-hmm. so to speak. So two, 250 people on a four acre lot around yeah, there. It, it fills up. Even at different times, that's a good number of people. So this is really, a, you know, I look at it as, a, I was thinking about this all day before you came over to us, and I'm like, this is really cool that we have something like this in our backyard. Literally, it's where you work. And uh, uh, to test out things, like you said. So it's really uh, advantageous for us. Uh, but recently we had some problems, haven't we, where people were jumping on the trail. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, and it might have been one of those things that wasn't communica- communicated clear enough. Um, but it is private property in the end and and we we like to always respect private property because minnesota is um kind of short on off-roading areas and mm-hmm. most of the areas out there are private and uh we don't want to overuse private property and and lose you know what we currently have mm-hmm. so this uh, has been a running theme lately i think where uh i've been talking about this and, and you know i talked to scott up north uh, when I was talking about the Cook County Trail, it was one of the things we were really worried about, make sure, you know, concerned about, I guess is a better way to put it, that we would lose some private land, and a lot of public landers up there, and, but it's a running theme, and I was noticing, I think I showed you, there's a snowmobile trail that people yeah. were, were, you know, going around the barricades. Barricades are there for a reason. Yep. <laughs> you know? Yep, absolutely. And um, I know this from mountain biking, when you go around a barricade, you know, somebody's going to get in trouble real fast. Yep. So it's better just to stay on the right side of the barricade, and that's where you're at. Uh, it, no matter how nice the trail is, or you think it's dry enough, or you think that it's okay, I was out here before, it's free for events, no big deal, I'll be in and out in 10 minutes. Yep. Uh, there's a reason why those are there. And one thing that he mentioned, uh, D- Dustin mentioned on the phone, was the liability. The liability yep. of all, because it's uh, private it's private property, and uh, tell us a bit about the, some of the things you have to do to make sure you can do those events. Well, typically when we when we schedule these events, um, we kind of cross all of our eyes and or cross all of our T's and dot all of our eyes, <laughs> uh, you know. And the uh, it, it, there's a certain amount of insurance involved in having an event like this, and um, you know we pay you know for that that extra insurance for that event for that day, um, just so that. It, God forbid something happens, um, you know, we, we want to make sure that, um, you know, all the avenues are covered, so to mm-hmm. speak. Um, you know, we do have um, some some professional trail guides there from the Minnesota Go Four Wheelers that uh, that help us out greatly. Um, so we try, you know, trying to keep people out of sticky situations, that kind of a thing. Um, so it, it really, there is really a lot of kind of behind the scenes prep to have an event like that, even though the you know, people might not think about all those little details. 
Yeah, so the liability insurance I think is a big deal, and uh, that's one thing I'm happy that people have. It makes it makes sure we can have it again because yep. if somebody gets hurt or injured or somebody wrecks their rig and somebody gets sued, they're probably not going to do it again. <laughs> no, no, I, I would I would guess probably not, and that's that's why we we try to make sure that we have you know um, a, a scheduled event where people know kind of what they're going into and live and. Uh, uh, liability forms are signed or waivers are signed, you know, so so people kind of know, hey, this is a serious deal. Um, God forbid an accident happens, you know, we want to make sure that everybody's everybody's covered. Perfect. And uh, another thing you mentioned too, your events here. We're going to have some. We'll talk a bit about the, more about the events when they might be coming up. But uh, you guys had food trucks there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We uh, we thought it was kind of you know if we're going to invite somebody out to a a party during dinner time, we better have something available for them to eat. <laughs> uh, and that's exactly the way the owner, you know, kind of explained it to me is, um, you know, if, if we are going to ask people to come out and visit us, you know, we got, we should have something available. Um, mm -hmm. We've, we've gone a few different uh, options as far as that goes. Um, and we're always looking for feedback too. The, the food trucks are fun, but we really feel like food trucks are more of a summertime thing mm -hmm. um, versus when we get into you know, the fall and whatever else might have to go, you know, a little different direction as far as that goes. But mm -hmm. it makes it fun. It makes it fun for the whole family, and that's that's our really our goal. We mm -hmm. want to be able to have people bring their kids out for the first time and, and take them off road, so to speak, and mm -hmm. not have to be not have to feel pressured or anything like that. So, have you seen a lot of people like they they go into the dealership, they buy a Jeep, and they take it right to the backyard, or they do that? Actually, we have we. Uh, Every single event, we seem to have somebody there that just bought their Jeep and still has the temporary plates on it. Um, and I think that's great because people are, are eager to, to see what the sport is about. And when, when, when more people join in, obviously the sport grows and everybody grows with them. Mm -hmm. uh, we even had brand new Jeeps there from different dealerships. <laughs> <laughs> we still let those guys in. Oh, huh? yeah, absolutely. Every, everybody's welcome. I mean, we're a, we're a Jeep jeep community and uh, uh we love seeing new faces and and meeting new people and hearing stories and just the camaraderie is is kind of the other one thing that we really like to do because you know there's car shows and whatever else that people go to but never really is it a, a event for just jeeps you know mm -hmm. and and the jeep jeep community is unique in that way I think, well, speaking of unique, this is a unique dealership, I think, in Minnesota here because uh, if you look at some of the other guys in the area, the dealerships, uh, they're concrete jungle. I mean, it's just pavement all around them. Yep. Uh, so Park Jeep is right in Burnsville, right for 35W, is that right? That's correct, 35 and basically 13. Yeah, and um, if you look at, you know, if you guys have a chance to look at Google Earth or whatever, you can take a peek at where it's at. It's right behind the dealership there. And so, as far as location, you can't beat it for you guys, but also for anybody in the Twin Cities and who's listening to this podcast, usually as a Twin Cities person, this is right in our backyard. So when might be the next event? Uh, we were thinking about doing kind of a midwinter event. And if, if we do end up doing it, it's going to be kind of a bare bones uh, event, so to speak, um, where people just bring their Jeeps out and take them on the track. Uh, obviously, you know, if it's uh, below zero, not many people are going to want to stand around and talk. Everybody's going to want to stay warm in the Jeep. So so it, it's looking like it might be just kind of a bare-bones four-wheeling event. Mm -hmm. um, no, no food truck, anything like that, but still be able to gather people, go around the track, have some fun, you know, in the snow, mm -hmm. so to speak. Uh, snow wheeling is a, a totally different 
totally different experience than summertime weaving. So mm -hmm. um, we're thinking possibly February, mm -hmm. sometime in there. Um, but we'll see. Obviously, we want to have a good amount of snow down there. Yeah. So you can probably find out more about this and just kind of keep tabs on it on the Park Jeep Enthusiast Club Facebook page. Is that right? Yep. That's probably the best yep. way. Yep. That's the that's kind of our main avenue to advertise this, uh, the off-road track. But then we also post on a lot of the other local Facebook Jeep pages, you mm -hmm. know, uh, Twin Cities Jeep Club, South Metro Jeep Enthusiasts. Um, there's a few out there, but um, the main one is going to be Park Jeep Enthusiast Club. Perfect. Um, I didn't tell him that I wanted to talk about this, but I want to talk a bit more about Moab. Sure, <laughs> okay? absolutely. Uh, so, and I'm a Moab rookie. This would yep. be my first time going out, but planning on a 2020 trip is the goal. Uh, we've been planning that trip. Uh, it was a 2019 trip. It was also a 2018 trip <laughs> that we were planning. So, but we're really trying to dig our heels in that 2020 is going to be the year. So uh, what are the first things I probably want to have in order for a Moab trip? Well, you got to figure out where you're going to stay. Obviously, driving that far, you got to have something figured out there. Um, and then also... You would know, you suggest going during EJS, or would you say go away from that a little bit more? Well, I, I think for somebody that's never been to EJS, I would say it's a great experience, and everybody should experience it once. It's like a bucket list item for a Jeep enthusiast, mm -hmm. quite honestly. It's it's the biggest Jeep gathering, I believe, in the world. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the big manufacturers, um, you know, uh, show off some of their new stuff. Um, obviously, Mopar's out there with all their new stuff, their concept vehicles. Um, but it's it's a really, really, really good time. And I wouldn't maybe recommend going the whole week for somebody that's never been there before, but maybe going out a few days before EJS or maybe going out in the middle of EJS and then staying till afterwards. Because when there's that many people, even in that huge area, the trails tend to get you know, tend to fill up. Yeah. Um, and another misconception too that people have with Moab is um, when you look at their uh, webpage, you, you can see where they have organized trail rides. Those are great, um, but you're kind of limited to the size of, you know, the group. Mm -hmm. They only let so many people in the group. You got to sign up before. Sometimes there's entry fees, but it's professionally guided. You get to rub elbows with some of the you know, big names in the in the Jeep or in the off-road world. Um, but Moab is United States Forest Service. It's public land. You can go and do whatever you want, whenever you want, mm -hmm. on the, you know, in the on the correct areas, on the correct trails, obviously. But um, the the thing with Moab is you can literally take a Jeep off of the showroom floor, drive it out there, and have a blast. I mean, mm -hmm. there are so many different um, wide variety of places and things to do out there. Um, I, I've had more fun in a stock Jeep sometimes than a highly modified one. <laughs> sometimes, he says. <laughs> Just because it's, you know, I mean, there's there's all the trails out there are rated, um, and no matter when you go out there, there's always seems to be a, a gathering of people, and mm -hmm. people are so friendly. You meet them up at, meet them at the gas station in the morning or even at, you know, dinner at, at dinner one night you meet up with people and you've got a group of people to go and I mean it's 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 crazy it, it really is it's, so it's when you when you go do you have a group that gets together or is it just you and a couple people or um typically um I try to get you know friends to friends to commit it's it's a big commitment too because it is quite the drive out there and you can't go out for two days you know because obviously if you're taking your own jeep 
you're going to have at least a day and a half of travel getting there and a day and a half traveling back. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's also something to consider when you're planning a trip out there is, is travel time. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were going to fly out there and rent a Jeep, totally different. You could go out for a, a long weekend and still have a great time. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, going to Moab and owning a Jeep is kind of, you kind of got to take your Jeep. Kind of want to take your Jeep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we discussed this with my uh, my. Well, you don't know this, but a lot of my family has Jeeps. Uh, okay. My brother, brother-in-law, brother-in-law, a couple of my friends and their okay. friends. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. so it ends up being where we have a, a good group. We could probably go out there. And we're trying to plan the group where yep. we can all go. And uh, one of the things we do we rent? And everybody's like, no, we really want to take our own. And I'm like, yep, yeah, I want my picture with my Jeep on the rocks. <laughs> I yep. want that. Uh, it's important to do that. But uh, the travel time is important. Now, do you drive your Jeep out there or do you trail it? Um, I've done it both ways. Um, the last time I went out, uh, I, I actually hauled mine and another uh, Jeep on a trailer that I have. Um, this next time we're going out in April, it's kind of up in the air whether I'm going to haul or drive. Mm-hmm. I'd really like to drive. Or I'm, I'm sorry, I really like to haul just in case. We've got such a big group going just in case somebody was to break. Um, we have a, a way to get them home mm-hmm. type of thing. Um, yeah. There is a pretty good parts you know support system out there for sure but you know it's kind of one of those things sometimes you know hey i got that part at home i don't really want to spend a thousand bucks yeah know, on it um to get it back up on the on the trail for another just one more day yeah sometimes so, those decisions have to be made because this is a debate with our guys at their tjs yep <laughs> there's about four or five of us that all have the one tj one yep. has an old three yep and it's like uh do we drive them out there and everybody's like oh god that's a long haul and a tj with a soft top <laughs> yeah yep i would i would have to agree on that so that was that was the debate and then then i was like okay we're gonna we're gonna haul them or do we ship them out there that was another thing we do have a shipping company so these are all the things that you know i'm t- talking about it on my podcast here but these are things that I'm, I'm trying to check off my list do i do a b c or do i do this other route do i go this route and probably pretty sure I'm not driving it. Yep. <laughs> probably gonna tow it somehow, but I'd like to have it where I hire a, a truck. You ever yep. seen that where people hire oh, a yeah. truck and yep. go out there? We, we did that uh, um, at one of my previous employers. We used to ship. Um, we used to ha- we used to rent an entire semi and fill it up with with rigs mm-hmm. uh, and ship them out there. Um, and then the owners would would fly into Moab and they'd wheel their vehicle for a week and then send it back home with us for some more stuff. So yeah. More modifications. Okay, this is probably a conversation we'll have offline, but I want to know the cost of all those yeah, things. Because yeah, it's, it's, it's not cheap, I mean, uh, but the convenience is, is huge. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, then it's worry-free, you know. You, you give them, throw them the keys, they load it up, and you, next time you see it, it's in Moab. So. <laughs> that's crazy to me, but it's um, be cool. But that's one of the things that I might want to do just because you might save a day or two on the road or yep. you're you're there for a day longer or two days longer yep. and then you're not missing work as much. So yep. it's all these things are things you have to take in consider, consideration. Yeah. I like your idea about being there for part of the time of EJS, but not the whole time. Yeah. And like you said, you're going to a time that's not EJS and I'm probably guessing because it's not as crowded then. Well, we, we all kind of, got together and actually a buddy of mine actually started the idea for this trip and uh, at first I was kind of bummed because we weren't going during EJS but when you really think about it if you've seen EJS once it's pretty much the same every year you know Mm -hmm. I mean if anything it grows a little bit Um, but it's very congested out there Mm -hmm. and for a first timer it would probably be overwhelming the amount of vehicles and the amount of I mean everybody is there from you know uh 
Goodyear, BF Goodrich, uh, Mopar, um, you know, Dana is out there with axles and all the major lift kit companies. And I mean, it's, 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 it's unbelievable. It's really, it's a lot of fun. And you're it's kind really of, worth doing. You're once. kind of talking me out of it just because I want to go there for the trails. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and, that, and that's the thing too, is, is you don't, I mean, you, you have that choice. Um, I mean, my thing is, is, is that if I'm driving from Minnesota, 20 some hours out there, I think it's like 26, 27, somewhere around there. If you drive straight through, obviously I want to have trail time, you know, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the stuff, you know, you're going to see out there as far as vendors and stuff, you pretty much see online anymore. Yeah. Um, but it's nice to go out for the full day of, you know, uh, on the trails and then, you know, at night go out and on the local, you know, local scene and, you know, talk to some people and, and, you know, I mean, you run into people from all of the United States and they all have different stories, how they got there. And, uh, I mean, that's, that's part of the experience. And I, and just to touch back on the driving thing, uh, I can see where you're coming from with that. But part of the whole experience of going to Moab is the trip out there, yeah. whether, whether you're driving or, uh, you know, flying or whatever. And I think everybody should experience driving out to Moab at least once. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, uh, if we do end up driving the Jeeps themselves, I'll be wearing headphones. The whole time. <laughs> I'll be wearing like noise canceling, yep. whatever. Uh, I know there's ones you can get uh, rugged radio. I think they have some where you can talk to people up and down Yep, yep. because all that flapping that long. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That home. would be, uh, that would be, uh, that would be one thing that would be hard to handle for, I just yeah. sold my hardtop uh, like a month ago, a month and a half ago, and that was fine. I wanted to because I'm like, I'm, I don't want to take this off and on. I don't want to damage it on a trail. Yeah. That was one of those things I'm like, I'm starting to get a little more braver, I guess, on the trails. And yep. the last time we went off-road, I had my Jeep basically on its, almost on its side, <laughs> going up a trail, and I was scraping the top of the, the soft top, which is a little smaller, a little tighter than the hardtop. Yep. Like, I would have broke my hardtop. Yep. So I sold it, got a good price. And I think I sold it for 900 bucks. If I broke it, it would be worth zero. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm just yep. like, yep, it's going to go. I'm yep. just going to do this now. And, and uh, you know, I, I have some upgrades coming up that I'll be doing on the Jeep and using that money right away for that's, upgrades. That's a, that's, a, that's a very popular way to do it. A lot of people. Um, Especially know, if I'm not dailying. If I'm not, yeah. if I'm not dailying, yep. I'm going on long trips on, on a regular. Yep. I'm like, no it, reason for a hard top. In the summertime, my doors and soft top were off almost the whole summer. Yep. So it was an easy, easy decision for me. I think I talked about that stuff before, but it's one of those things where uh, I had to make that decision. Yep. But then it, when a long trip like Moab or a long trip like a four or five hour drive turns into a little bit more of an adventure yep. <laughs> and a soft top, especially in the, in the years where you, or time where you can't have the top off. You know. The, the thing to, to cool. also consider about going to Moab is, and the way we've done it and it's worked out extremely well every single time is uh, VRBO mm-hmm. um, and renting a house. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, most of the places out there will sleep anywhere from, you know, like 10 to like 27 people. It's crazy. Um, so you're staying instead of for 200 a night, you're at about 50 bucks a night or something like that. Is that absolutely. right? You split everything, you know, however many ways. And most of the time you get a garage and with a garage, then you have a space to take your doors off, take your hard top off, take your, you know, soft top off, whatever, or you know, work on a vehicle at night or in a place to store stuff versus staying in a hotel. I mean, yeah, you can probably get away with taking your doors off and putting them on the bed when you go out during the day, but uh, anything more than that, you're kind of, you're kind of limited to. So Mm -hmm. that's one other thing to consider is, uh, you know, when you, when you, when you do a vacation rental by owner or whatever, you, you have that garage space. Yeah. That's a huge advantage. I think that I talked to a couple other people about that and, 
and I think one was your buddy Chad. Yep, yep. <laughs> and he mentioned that too when I was talking to him about it. So some of these things I just kind of put it all together, piece yep. it all together with write my it, group, and then write it down. Uh, definitely gonna be talking to you and a couple other people I've talked to on this podcast about going and and asking more questions on the side because I think it's important to you know do your research and do your homework. Yep. So so Moab, great place. You talked me into it. I was already going to go. <laughs> but uh, you might talk me into driving the Jeep, but I think I want a trailer. For well, another thing you said, because my brother, he actually said the same thing. He goes, somebody has to bring a trailer because, yep. well, somebody snaps an axle on a last day and you can't find the part, how are you going to get home in a decent amount of time, you know? Yep. So I'm like, yeah, well, somebody's going to have to pull something. And, yep. uh, and so I won't be out the worst thing in the world to kind of you haul it out there yeah, so yeah so you, you said you pulled two jeeps did you have a big diesel you're pulling with or yeah yep. i've got a one ton ford diesel and then i've got a a car hauler that'll haul two four-door wranglers pretty easy oh so you got that so, right <laughs> yep yep so cool um we'll talk more about that then. yeah okay. <laughs> so where is your favorite place to wheel around here we got here's are your options okay all right okay see which one you like better you got sure. you got the black black hills yep we got gilbert yep and then we got place that you pick other well i would say i i can't say there's a bad place to wheel um because there's only so many places mm -hmm. um gilbert's great if you want to do uh you know an overnight trip kind of thing uh, or even a day trip it would be a quick day trip but it'd be a day trip um black hills would be a great uh like three-day weekend because mm -hmm. also that's like nine nine that's hours nine out hours, there yeah. some something like that so might be one of those things where you could leave, you know, after work one night, drive straight through and wake up Saturday morning and wheel all day and wheel, go out for one morning run on Sunday and still be home by, you know, uh, before it gets too late on Sunday night kind of mm -hmm. thing. So, um, but then other, um, I really like the, I really like Colorado. Colorado's realistically 12 to 14 hours, which isn't terrible. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of scenic off-roading out there. Mm -hmm. um, and when I say scenic, I mean like you could jump in the Jeep and never cross your path and drive all day long. Mm -hmm. And there's obstacles along the way. Um, some are planned, some are unplanned. Um, Have you been on that? Is it it's the one that's really high up? Yeah, all switch, is that Big Bear? Um, Black Bear. Black Bear? Yes. Yep. yep. Black Bear Pass. Okay. Yep. I was, uh, I lived probably an hour and a half from there when I lived out in Colorado. So mm -hmm. I was, I was right in the, right near the four corners and wow. that's a, that's a, that's a great place. I mean, the, the obstacle <laughs> of, of, of that area is basically making it through. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, cause the, the landscape out there changes every winter with avalanches and snow load and erosion and. Uh, I mean, they do a really great job. They have a huge support community out there to maintain those trails, but um, it's it's awesome. That's another great place to go. Mm -hmm. It's not too far away. Any other places around here that you like? Um, I've been to Apple Valley Farms. I really enjoy that. Um, I've been down to Red Wing. Mm -hmm. um, uh, that's also nice. Um, been to Gilbert, uh, Trollhagen. Been to Trollhagen a few times. Um, that's that's a good time too. Mm -hmm. um, they all kind of have their. It's kind of they're all kind of different terrains, so to speak. You know, Gilbert's a little bit more, a little bit more rocks, a um, little bit more crawling, whereas uh, Trollhagen's a little bit more mud and you know, kind of trails. I don't know. It, it's 
you'd have to be there kind of kind of to experience it. Are you a mud guy or not a mud guy? Not really. I I, I was when I was younger, um, but that's a young problem, man's game. <laughs> yeah, the problem with the problem with mud is it's a lot of fun when you're when you're actually you know off roading in the mud, but the cleanup after is just a pain. Mm-hmm. Getting all that out of all the nooks and crannies and uh, you know cleaning out your brakes and you know all the all the places that mud can hide is is the is the worst part yeah so um it's it's fun and if if it's part of the obstacle fine but uh, i don't seek it out like i used to yeah that way (laughs) (laughs) so let's go back a little bit where i want to talk a few minutes about park jeep enthusiast club again and so uh the owners there at park jeep and yourself have been a big uh big help in getting us park off the ground for events only it's the event only type of program so it's it's you we, you talked about some of the trails that are on here the closest one you talked about you got some that are an hour and a half away we got gilbert you know three four hours away you got nine hours and then we have 14 yep so it's yep. nice having something we can play around with a little play yard yep uh to work on our equipment to test it out or just to you know if, if you feel like you really want to get off road and there's a little event coming up in in february you can go hit it you know it's right there yeah it's kind of the we, we tried to you know kind of fulfill a fulfill a need so to speak that's something something close that somebody could run to for an hour and have a great time and go home mm-hmm. you know for dinner kind of thing yeah because everything else you pretty much have to plan for yeah so it's great you know it's, we got to thank park jeep for putting this together and yourself it's a it's a huge deal i think to have for us and so as as enthusiasts, we have to respect that as responsible uh, off-roaders to make sure that we're not there during the hours that you know we're not allowed to be. And then, uh, like I said, there's a couple of instances I saw in, in, uh, on Facebook recently where people were jumping on trails and they shouldn't have. So that's one reason I want to bring Dustin in and, and talk to him a bit about that. Uh, but then I saw some other ones here recently too where people were jumping on trails they shouldn't have been. And we talked about that with the Cook County. Talked about that exact thing. Yep. You know, people being on the wrong, you're, you're not supposed to be there. Get off that trail. Yep. You know, so... Yeah, it's uh, fun to be on the trail, but if you're not supposed to be there, it's just going to ruin it for the next guy. And so uh, we're trying to get more trails open, so let's be responsible and stay off them. So, well, Dustin, thanks for coming tonight. I think we we actually uh, threw in a little Moab talk there. Yeah. And not that we needed to kind of lengthen the uh, podcast out, but uh, I heard, I saw some of the tags in your Jeep. I'm like, okay, we're going to talk about Moab. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, hard, it's hard not to talk about it when you've been there. Well, um, somebody shows up with a Harley to my house, I'm going to ask them about Sturgis. You know? <laughs> so, uh, but that's what I want to talk about. But we might have another whole episode talking about our, our prep and, and what we're going to do, but that not, might not be for another year away. But it's one of those deals where I'm trying to get ideas right now. There's, there might be other people listening to this podcast who are going, like, I kind of want to do that. I kind of want to go to Moab, too. What's that all entail? So you gave us a few ideas on when we could go and what we might be able to expect. So thanks for that, too. Yeah, no right. problem. Thanks a lot. Hey, gang, if you would like to support the podcast, you can go to the link that I provided in the show notes right at the end. It says Apparel Store. It's a Teespring link. I uh, kept the prices pretty fair. And uh, just know that every dollar you spend kind of helps out uh, the podcast. Thanks a lot. Hey, thanks for listening. Next week, I'll be talking to somebody new about off-roading and the off-roading lifestyle. Hope you guys will join us. Thanks.